Hello and welcome back. This is Maximum Sports. I am your host, Max Patillo. So much to talk about today. Uh, what a week it's been in the NFL. My goodness. Some teams getting better, some teams thinking more for the future. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, want to say thank you to all the listeners and interest and excitement we got from episode one. Uh, it was amazing. Very grateful to all of you for tuning in. This thing is just getting started, and I'm excited to have all you guys with me. Uh, had a few listeners reach out to me because I said there would be an area for feedback and conversation, and that wasn't the case. Um, I thought that my platforms that I'm on would have an area for comments or reviews and stuff like that, but we don't have that going yet until now. I just um, got set up on Twitter, and it, that's at Patillo Podcast. So hit me up on Twitter, at Patillo Podcast, and we can talk and, and debate and do all that fun stuff on there. You could just look me up, Max Patillo. Um, and like I said, I want this to be interactive. So we can all learn together and you guys can call me out when I'm way off or you disagree. So hit me up on Twitter. I look forward to hearing from you guys. I'm not uh, very tech savvy, so I'm still figuring out some things. But eventually uh, I want to be on different social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, even YouTube and such. So... We'll get to all that, and, and I'm looking forward to connecting with everybody and and uh, really hearing what you guys have to say, uh, reaction to the podcast and all that. So that'll be really fun. But we've got priorities, and the priority is football. So let's get right to it. So we begin this week with the blockbuster trade Jadavian Clowney to the Seattle Seahawks for Jacob Martin and Barkevius Mingo and a third round pick to the Texans of Houston. Uh, There have been some rumors of this going down earlier in the week. We heard about Clowney uh, who wouldn't sign his franchise tag that Houston offered in order to basically leverage a trade he the Texans wanted to set up the trade with Miami Dolphins and uh, they need offensive line help pretty desperately and Clowney Clowney did not want to play in Miami he wanted to play for a contending team he it came out that he wanted to play for Seattle or Philly so that was pretty fascinating earlier in the week, and then it all came down, and now the Seahawks have another pass rusher. My takeaways from this trade are, number one, John Schneider, the GM for the Seattle Seahawks, is a wizard. In my opinion, he's the best GM going in the NFL right now. Nobody has amassed the kind of talent over their tenure with a team than him. Nobody. Now, 
how things turn out in terms of wins and losses remains to be seen. But remember, in the NFL, and I always talk about this, in the NFL, it's not always the best teams win the Super Bowl. Now, the goal is to win the Super Bowl, obviously, win the championship. But a lot of things have to go your way, a lot. And you have to be lucky. And a lot of that has to do with the health of your players and your scheduling, how your division is, all the different kind of positions you're in, and things that really have to break for you and, and your seating, all, all that has to fall in place. Home field. It's not really like the NBA where most of the time the best team does win because you're talking about seven-game series. You get you guys get to play each other best of seven, and usually the best team is going to win those matchups. In the NFL, it's one and done. It's only a 16-game season, and then the playoffs, it's one and done. So in that one game, a lot can happen, and all of a sudden you're eliminated if you didn't bring your A game on that day. Now, a lot of times, yes, the the best, most talented teams do win, but I think even like with the Patriots, you know, the way they're built with Brady, Bilicek, and whoever else, they're not necessarily the most talented team. They're a well-put-together team, no doubt, but they've had a lot of things break for them over the years. Even in those Super Bowls, they've been incredibly close games. You can go back and look at that. I'm a big stat nerd. There's a lot of analysis. I really like to go and look at footballoutsiders.com. It's called DVOA, and that stands for Defense Value Over Average. And that's just football nerd jargon for pretty much the most comprehensive data analysis that there is for teams. And they do a week-to-week ranking, and you can see all the adjustments. Well, the Seattle Seahawks, over the years, are pretty much the best DVOA team of all time. I think they won the DVOA championship four years in a row, which is, when you know the analytics behind that, is pretty unbelievable, and it'll never happen again. No other team will be that good. I think they won it from... 2012 to 2000 through 2016 so four seasons um total dominance in that statistical realm and to the eye test you would think yeah that team was the best team ever put together and year after year john snyder he he just keeps replenishing and they they never drop below nine wins and to have that kind of sustainability is incredible and it's one thing to just put together a team and and win one year or two years, but to, to sustain greatness in the NFL is extremely rare. And after the Patriots, the Seahawks are the next closest team to, to in the last decade, really, of sustaining greatness or sustaining competitiveness. And the rest of them, it's not even really close. So kudos to John Schneider. I mean, he's the best going right now. A lot of people say Belichick. Belichick's got Brady, 
And if you look at the different talent, you can kind of look by how much the players on your roster have ended up getting paid in your program or outside of your program. And the amount of money that has been ended up being paid to the players John Schneider has drafted, if you go back and look, it's an incredible amount of money, top dollar, that these guys end up getting elsewhere or with the team. Highest paid players at their positions a lot of times, and that's from him drafting and acquiring incredible talent and molding a very successful franchise. It's pretty incredible. And this particular trade, just his latest form of wizardry again, is a good example of that he just never settles. He's just relentless. And man, I mean, it really looks like he he got one over on Bill O'Brien out there. And he got what he needed. And he's done. And what a job. I mean, you could say now the Seahawks have a good chance of to have the best front seven in the NFL. Uh, especially considering week seven when Jaron Reed comes back. Um, Jaron Reed had 10 sacks last year from the interior, which is awesome. I mean, they've got the best linebacking core in the league. Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Michael Kendricks. That's two, one. Bobby Wagner is probably the second best, maybe behind Aaron Donald, probably, in my opinion, the second best defensive player in the NFL. And then KJ Wright's a pro bowler. And if you see Michael Kendricks, he looks amazing. He just got a pop and Gibby on the field. But I don't, I would say maybe Dallas is second at linebacker, not linebacking core, but that youth, of the, that they look really good, but they haven't really done it for very long. And even if you were asking Dallas, who would they rather have, Bobby Wagner or Leighton Vander Esch? I mean, even Dallas would say, you got to take Bobby Wagner. Jalen Smith, K.J. Wright, you know, I'd take K.J. Wright in a heartbeat. Now, those other guys are younger, and so down the road, yeah, they, they're going to be around longer. But for this coming season, this is the best linebacking core, and it's in Seattle, in my opinion. And if you guys think that maybe there's a better front seven out there hit me up hit me up on twitter you know and uh, let me know if we can have a little debate on the front sevens i i just don't see how um you got the best linebacking core now you add ziggy Ansa and Javion Clowney on the edges you've got puna ford who's a guy most people have never even heard of and he's gonna break out this year i believe he was the highest rated run stuffer in the NFL on Pro Football Focus last year as a rookie. And that's pretty impressive stuff. The guy's like 5'10". He's got super long arms, long wingspan. He plays with just tremendous leverage. And I've seen him just popping in the preseason. So, And just knocking these linemen on their backs just like it's nothing. And Pete's getting him right out of the game. And that's when you can tell, I mean, that they're like, okay, we see enough of this guy. He doesn't need to prove anything. He's going to be starting right away, and, and he's going to be dominating. So people need to keep an eye out for that. 
And yeah, like obviously when Jaron Reed comes back, that's a gonna be a big boost. With and that front seven is just gonna be cruising. And man, I feel bad for Andy Dalton. He's got to be pissed. That's who they play week one, and their offensive line is really weak on Cincinnati. And Andy Dalton's gonna be running for his life. Um, so be ready to see that. Um. Yeah, the Seahawks, uh, they have rebuilt. It's pretty impressive. Uh, My last takeaway from this trade um, is that from the other perspective of of the Texans and and Dolphins, I think the Texans ended up being able to get what they wanted in the end. But the way they went about it should have been better. They should have handled Clowney long time ago probably whether that was a trade or figuring out maybe paying him earlier or not putting yourself in this situation or just you know making Clowney sit for a little bit with this and see if he was really bluffing like he was going to miss games not sending his franchise tag and you know they end up getting hosed by the Seahawks basically and really getting nothing for Clowney um, other than a third round pick which you know that's for a pro Clowney's a three time pro bowler so to get, to only get a third round pick for him is kind of weak but it's it's not nothing and but they're a team that's obviously in win now mode so you, you gotta have those pass rushers they still have Watt but man he hasn't been able to stay healthy much He's kind of wearing down. But I do like that they went out and through the talks with Miami, they were able to get Laramie Tunsil, which is what they wanted to get with Clowney to begin with. They just ended up unloading Clowney basically to not have the distraction anymore, it almost seems. Uh, And they can move on that way. And to also get Kenny Stills from Miami, who is getting a little older, but I think he's still got years left in him. And now Deshaun Watson's got that solid left tackle, which is going to really help a lot. That makes a big difference. He's been hit so much over the years, Deshaun Watson. And now he's got that solid, solid left tackle and adding to what was already a good receiving core with Kenny Stills now and... DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is probably the best wide receiver in the league. And so, you know, and for Miami, I think that they're obviously rebuilding. They got two first-round picks, which is a great haul. If you're not going to win now, you got to be realistic. You got to get young. Laramie Tunsil isn't that old or anything, but by the time you're done rebuilding, he might be a little older. And you just should acquire as much talent as you can. They've got a lot of first-round picks now. And so I think that was a good move for them. And they can be satisfied with that for now. So that is my takeaways for that trade. It was uh, pretty blockbuster, pretty shocking when it all went down. And... Now we're going to go on to 
quarterback rankings. So these are the Maximum Sports official quarterback rankings. And it's I wanted to really do this, especially before the season starts. This is kind of a foundation for team building. Obviously, it's the most important position. And it's where a lot of these teams, I think, go wrong with the allocation of their resources and their money. Who to pay, who not to pay. We'll get into that probably on later episodes. But I wanted to set this groundwork for who's where, who I think is where on the quarterback totem pole. And so here it is. These are the rankings. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter and we can debate whatever you want. But I can lay it out for each one of these guys why they are where they are. And I'm going to get into a few of them, the explanations for some of them. So we've got it at number 32. We're going to start from the back end. we got Ryan Fitzpatrick, starter for the Dolphins. Number 31, Dwayne Haskins, Redskins. Number 30, Jameis Jameis Winston, Buccaneers. We've got number 29, Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals. Number 28, Baker Mayfield, Browns. Number 27, Josh Allen, Bills. Number 26, Jacoby Brissett, Colts. Number 25, Joe Flacco, Denver. Number 24, Andy Dalton, Cincinnati Bengals. Number 23, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Number 22, Sam Darnold, New York Jets. Number 21, Eli Manning, New York Giants. Number 20, Mitch Trubisky, Bears. Number 19, Jimmy Garoppolo, 49ers. Number 18, Marcus Mariota, Tennessee Titans. Number 17, Dak Prescott, Cowboys. Number 16, Nick Foles, Jacksonville Jaguars. Number 15, Jared Goff, LA Rams. Number 14, Derek Carr, Raiders. Number 13, Kirk Cousins, Vikings. Number 12, Matt Stafford, Lions. Number 11, Deshaun Watson, Texans. Number 10, Cam Newton, Panthers. Number 9, Carson Wentz, Eagles. Number 8, Matt Ryan, Falcons. Number 7, Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers. Number 6, Philip Rivers, LA Chargers. Number 5, Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints. Number 4, Aaron Rodgers, Packers. Number 3, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs. Number 2, Tom Brady, the Patriots. And number 1, Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks. So those are my QB rankings. And I think there's a few that people might question on here. Everyone questions all lists, and that's good. You got to do that. You got to question everything. Um, I think the biggest question a lot of people, especially around the country or around the world, wherever you're listening from, are going to question probably who's number one, and that's Russell Wilson. And I think he's probably not number one on a lot of lists. But for me, he's been number one for the last few years now in the league. And 
I want to really get into why on that one. Because Russell Wilson is, in my opinion, the best quarterback going into next season. So why is Russell Wilson number one on my list? Russell has the most wins through his first seven seasons than anyone ever. And winning is the most important factor when determining who's the best quarterback. The year seven is also significant. He has just received his third contract, but he's kept up his winning after he's been paid top dollar, after his second deal. So for example, Dak has won a lot earlier in his career, but he hasn't been paid yet. So we don't know how that's going to affect him and how much he'll win when they have holes in their roster, which they inevitably inevitably will because you can't pay everybody now that Dak's not making 800000 a year. So once Dak starts making what will probably be $35, 33000000 million a year, then you're not going to be able to pay those linemen that great defense they have, all those receivers, the Ezekiel Elliott things going on. How can these guys win after that filters through? Can they sustain winning on a roster with holes? So after the level of winning is accounted for, the level of what kind of roster you have around you, level of winning as in it kind of means more to win when you're carrying the team than it does when the team's carrying you. Then we get into... So after that's accounted for, we get into more skill. So how would the quarterback win on any other team? That's the key. So to me, if you took Russell and put him on the Patriots, would he still win like Brady? Could you put Brady on the Seahawks and still get the same level of winning. So Brady's number two on my list. And I think he's the most accomplished quarterback of all time. I think he's the greatest quarterback over his career to play. So some of these guys' careers aren't over yet. Brady's is closer to being over. So he's still number two going into this year, which means I would take him over all those other guys still. But... If you now different teams build rosters according to their quarterback skill set, but which QB would be the best all around in the league on any other team? And to me, that answer is Russell Wilson. I mean, if you put Brady behind the past few offensive lines that that Russell's had to play with, he probably wouldn't even been playing into his 40s at all. He would have gotten crushed. And he does get rid of the ball quickly, but that's why he's number two. I bet Russell, he would thrive on the Patriots. He would thrive on the Jaguars. He would thrive on the Saints. He would thrive on the Packers. He would thrive on the Redskins, wherever. He would thrive. So I would say Patrick Mahomes is probably the most talented quarterback in the league, pure talent-wise. 
That's why I have him number three. That's kind of like the, the scale, the weighted scale is like number one winning, number two talent, and men- well, number two, I would say mentality, number three talent. So his scale, he's so talented that to me, he gets elevated to number three. I would say Brady is the smartest quarterback in the league, but I believe Russell could take more rosters to a higher level than Brady, especially considering the inconsistent play of lines around the league. So people may think that Rodgers, a lot of people have Aaron Rodgers in number one. The three I have mentioned ahead, they what they have over Rodgers is the attitude and the mental toughness. I mean, you can make an argument Rodgers is the most talented QB in in the NFL. But his talent has been suppressed by his emotional highs and lows. Uh, he also gets hurt a little too much. So I, I've got him at number four. Um, which, you know, when you're talking about these top top five guys it's 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 razor thin you know the differences of what separates them but yeah Aaron Rodgers number four um you know Russell Wilson he throws the best deep ball in the NFL uh he's the best dual threat quarterback of all time in my opinion because he's actually made it sustainable you know Michael Vick wasn't able to really sustain it Cam Newton's barely been able to sustain it. Even recently, Andrew Luck running around taking all those hits. He can't sustain that. But Russell's got the best awareness while he's on the run ever. He never takes unnecessary hits. It's incredible. He's taking a lot of sacks. He holds onto the ball a long time. But when he, he runs or even when he gets sacks, he's not taking those really hard hits. It's not like he didn't know it was coming. He, he takes it in a way that he doesn't get hurt and he gets out of bounds better than anybody. He slides better than everybody. Um, so, you know, therefore, he, he's never missed a game. You know, availability could be argued as the most important attribute any player can have. Uh, Russell, he's also the most mentally tough athlete in team sports history, in my opinion. I mean, it. I don't want this town like super hyperbolic, but I, this guy really, I've got the facts and the the eye test and the years watching him to, to know like it really is true. I mean, it may seem like a tough thing to judge, but I would say NFL quarterback is probably the most p- difficult position in all team sports. And Russell is the epitome of being the stoic competitor. And I mean, stoicism is an ancient philosophy based around your ability to control what you can and cannot control and how you let that affect you negatively or positively. And this this enables you to be your most efficient self you 
never see a lion going after his kill concerned about anything but his prey and how to eat it. You'll never see Russell Wilson say or do anything that distracts him or his teammates from winning. Now watch his games, watch his face. You see his demeanor when things go wrong. Does he pout? Does he blame his teammates? Listen to his countless interviews. Does he allow any of his words to be turned into distracting controversy? You know, like the Ben Roethlisberger's, the Baker Mayfield's, the Cam Newton's, all these guys, they get into their own heads and they create unnecessary problems for themselves. I mean, Russell Wilson, people talk about it as a negative sometimes. He's a robot out there, but he's a robot with passion, with desire, with competitive. He, he's the ultimate competitor, and that's exactly what you want in a quarterback. Brady's very similar. Even Mahomes, I've seen, is like that too. They say a lot without saying anything. They don't bring on unnecessary troubles to themselves or their team. They're positive. They are mentally unbeatable that way. Um, so that's that's my thing. That's how it is for uh, number one right there, Russell Wilson. He's the best quarterback going right now. And this season is really going to prove that out. The guy's just so efficient, and he does what's asked of him, and he's just a flat-out winner. And the stats bear that out. The facts bear that out. And if you want to debate me on that, I'm happy to. So hit me up on that Twitter. Let's talk about it. Um, You know, a lot of these quarterbacks on this list, um, they're really at make-it-or-break-it years, and it's going to be fascinating to see how things transpire with them, you know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's number four on my list, um, and he's... He's even got a lot to prove this year, you know. He hasn't won a Super Bowl for a while. It's like 2011. And now you're starting to miss the playoffs consecutive years. If he misses the playoffs again this year, that's going to be three years in a row. And, man, I don't think you can be in my top ten anymore if you've missed the playoffs three years in a row. You're just probably not that good. I mean, he's a great quarterback, but you got to make the playoffs, bro. Like... I don't care who's around you. If you're a top 10 quarterback, you got to be going and giving your team a chance. You got to be making those playoffs. You got to be controlling your division. That's what the great ones do. That's what you got to do. And I think Aaron Rodgers will bounce back. I think I got the Packers winning that division. I think he's got a lot to prove, and he's just too darn good not to do it. The only thing that's going to kill him is his attitude. If his, if, if, with his attitude and his new coaching staff, he brings that out again. He, he got Mark McCarthy co- he he got Mike McCarthy fired last year. It's pretty clear that was what happened. And that's kind of messed up. And uh, you know he he's really got to get along this year and go with the system, play quarterback, use your talent, and win games. He's got to prove that this year. Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, like I said, the Niners hype train is full steam ahead again. Man, him, Kyle Shanahan, they've got a ton to prove because they haven't done squat. And Jimmy G is, you know, 
week one, he'll be starting his 11th game in six seasons. And everyone acts like he's amazing, yet not one of them has seen him play a full season. And that is just incredible to me, how they know he's so good without hardly seeing him. It's not even like he came from a big college either. I think he went to like Buffalo or something. It's just amazing that I don't know why they just love to hype this guy. They just want him to be good so bad. I think it's just the whole Niners, this thing, they're a blue blood franchise. Maybe they just want them to be good. But man, Garoppolo, you got to at least stay upright, at least play a whole season. Let us see what you got for real. And try to cut down on your picks because, man, 12 touchdowns, eight picks in his time with the Niners so far. That's not going to do it. You extrapolate those numbers out, you're going to be in big trouble. And he'll probably end up being a backup someday. That's my guess from what I've seen. But maybe he'll prove me wrong. It could be. Kirk Cousins, he's been having something to prove for a long time. And somehow the Vikings thought he had proved something to them because they paid him an outlandish amount and He's fooled them up until now, and he's making out like a bandit on them. Poor Vikings. But maybe he could turn it around. Maybe Kirk Cousins won't just... To me, I know Kirk Cousins is being RG3's backup still. That's still how I remember him. Same draft class, RG3, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. He was backup to RG3. That's still how I think of him. And that's kind of still how good I think he is. People might think that's silly of me because he has thrown for a lot of yards and stuff. Passing yards are silly. I saw David Shaw. He he was talking about uh, Stanford's head coach. He was saying passing yard stats are for offensive coordinators and losers. That's a, I heard Brock Heward talking about that to David Shaw. and I thought that was hilarious because I've always said that passing yards are a loser stat doesn't mean anything you need to run the ball you need to play good defense passing yards don't you'd be amazed at how little that dictates your wins and losses it's about controlling the football making big plays making touchdowns not throwing the ball over the field doesn't mean anything if you can't put it in so Kirk Cousins throws for a lot of yards Matt Stafford throws for a lot of yards doesn't really equal winning, obviously. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers, he's got a lot to prove. Uh, Chargers have had great rosters the last couple years. Rivers has always kind of been known to choke in the playoffs. And I think Rivers is just such a great quarterback. And I hope he can get it done. And But he's got to prove that part of his game exists you know he's one of those guys who has kind of folded in that that uh when the big lights are on you know and Kirk Cousins by the way he's like 5 and 16 or something in his primetime games which is talk about the bright lights I mean geez that's not even playoffs that's just primetime regular season games unreal how bad he's been but, uh, yeah, getting back to Rivers, he's got a lot of talent again. 
good team around him. He's got to go out there. He's got to slay those dragons, you know, slay those Pittsburgh, slay those Patriots who have stood in his way for so long. And he's got to do it while beating out the young gun down there, Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be tough to win that division. So he's, he's played in a tough division for a long time. Denver's always been tough. The Chiefs have always been tough. And so... And, you know, the Raiders have had flashes, you know, rarely. But that's a good division that has kept up really well. Really well-run organizations. And that just means you're going to lose a few more games and you're not going to get those top seeds and that home field advantage. So you really have to turn that around and, and dominate, you know. Dak, Dak's got a ton to prove, no question. I think with the whole, I think Jerry Jones is probably going to cave and and pay Dak the moon just because Jerry's at the twilight of his career. He's getting old. He wants to win. He doesn't want to rebuild again. Although I think you could just go out and find Dak's replacement in any draft at any time and you're not going to have as much drop off as you think you are. But that's uh, not the way a lot of people think. That's how I would go about it. I would just either trade him or play out his contract, whatever. And I'd find his replacement. And I bet you I could find Dak Prescott's replacement. And it wouldn't be that much of a drop-off. And I would be able to play everyone I wanted to still. Especially that great offensive line that he's always played behind. And, I mean, with Ezekiel Elliott, he wouldn't be one of those guys I'm talking about that I would pay. I would have traded Elliott a couple years back, actually. I think Jerry Jones has handled that pretty poorly. Um, It sounds like there's negotiations right now that they're heating up talks on Elliott, and he'll probably pay him, too. And One thing is you're never going to find out about Dak. Unless he plays more games without Elliot, so you might as well just trade Elliot, get him out of there, find out if Dak can carry you, then you'll know if you should pay him. If he can win without Elliot, then that's a more likely case for you to maybe he should earn his money. But you're never gonna know that. He's always had so many good weapons around him, and last year he had a great defense around him. But you know, he's won good games, but can he carry a team with holes in the roster? That's the equation. That's because he's going to have to once he gets paid. To me, there's no way he's going to carry anybody. So either you pay Dak and you say goodbye to the Cowboys playoffs for as long as you play out that contract you, that you paid Dak. Or you trade or replace Dak and... Pay the rest of your great players that you've done a good job drafting and you keep on making the playoffs and having a great offensive line and having people interested in you. Or you go back to being how pretty much Dallas has been for the last 20-something years, which is a mediocre, poorly run franchise. Uh, Carson Wentz, um, He's got a lot to prove just from a health standpoint. I think he's excellent quarterback. I think he has everything you need to 
to carry a team. He definitely, I would have paid him his contract. I don't know if I would have paid it yet. I think they paid a little too early because he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. I would have waited till maybe after this season or at least later in the season. But this guy, you know, at one point, two seasons ago, he was a MVP candidate. I mean, he was just incredible. So, I mean, was that more the team around him, the coaching? What was it? Maybe it was a fluke, but last year, he didn't look quite as good. He still played well, but he couldn't last the whole season. You got to stay healthy. You got to play it out. I'm not going to pay anyone who's not going to be there. So, he's got to prove that. Uh Last one, Jared Goff, make it or break year. Uh, he's still got a lot to prove in my mind. Um, he was awful as a rookie. And then here comes Sean McVay, and they they script his playbook really well, and he follows the script, and he makes it happen out there. He's got talent. He's got a good arm. He doesn't move around really at all, which I would like my quarterback to be able to do especially if you're not Tom Brady. But he can grow in and he can learn and grow. Uh, Learning defenses and stuff like that. More of the details that come with experience. He has made the playoffs the last two years. He made the Super Bowl last year. Uh, It's really hard to come back from losing a Super Bowl, especially the way they did not putting up any touchdowns. That's brutal. And it seems like the more tape they get on this guy, the more tape that they get on McVay too, they have a lot to prove and can they sustain what they've built up there. That's going to be the big question with the Rams all the way around. They've done a good job acquiring talent. They've been really aggressive and they spent a lot of money and some of that's going to be turned out to be spent in a bad way a lot of draft capital a lot of cash going in tough places you signed Gurley way too early I said that when it happened I can't believe they signed him two years early now it's turned out he's got the knees arthritis he's breaking down we'll see how he does and he's their whole offense in my mind Gurley is so Jared Goff is going to have to start to carry this, and we'll see how he does. We'll see how much defenses have learned about the Rams, and that defense is slowly thinning out too. Not that they were really any good last year. Adama Kinsu was pretty lazy out there. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player, maybe since Lawrence Taylor. But other than that, man, Wade Phillips is a gambler. He'll flash brilliance, but he'll get burned a lot, too. He's been on just as many. He's defensive coordinated just as many poor defenses as he has top ones. Actually, a lot more poor ones. But he has coordinated some pretty good ones, too. But the Rams all around have a lot to prove, and and that definitely starts with their quarterback. So... Hit me up on, on that new Twitter. It's going to be fun. I look forward to hearing from everybody um, and debating with everyone. Uh, you can search on Twitter. Like I said, I'm not very tech savvy, but you can type in my name, Max Patillo, and you can find me on the 
at Patillo Podcast at Twitter. So hit me up on there. Um, we've got more episodes to come. I really look forward to it. The NFL season is about to kick off. Really excited. Thursday will be Bears and Packers. Uh, we're going to put out some more episodes and, and really get everything set up for this season. It's going to be so fun. Uh, really looking forward to it. Thanks for joining me today. And I hope you have a good week. All right. Take care.